Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. It's good to have you here with me today. You can find us on Facebook at Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us on the internet at babyboomertales.com. Once there, you can access our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Tumblr, Google Play Music, and more. There's also a link there if you would like to become a patron of Baby Boomer Tales Podcasts. Just click that link and it will tell you how you can do that very thing. What it accomplishes is it keeps us from having commercials during our podcasts. And you can contribute for as little as a dollar a month. You can also find us now on Twitter. Today's episode is titled Eagle Eye. When I went to the junior senior high school, I met a bunch of new kids. They brought them in from all parts of the east side of the county. There are two high schools in our county. One was the West School District, and the one where I lived in was the East School District. And so I met a bunch of new kids from all these little towns that didn't go to grade school at the town I lived in. One of the people that I met was a girl named Val. Her dad was a teacher at the high school, and she was, you know, everybody liked Val. Well, one time she had a party. It was probably in the late fall or so. Had a party at her house and went to her house. And it was this big old log house sitting on the side of a mountain. And there were a lot of kids there. It was a nice party. One thing I remember about the party, and it's the only thing I really remember besides going to Val's house for the party, is everybody wondered where Ida was. Ida was another girl that I had just met in the last little bit going to school. She was from another town. And nobody knew where Ida was during the party. Now, I'm sure we found out later, but time has made that escape my memory. It didn't even matter. That's just what I remember. A year or so later, my dad came home from work one day. And he was kind of excited. And this is not a common thing for my dad at all. It would take a big thing to make him show excitement. They came home and he told my mom that they were going to buy this place. And it was right outside of town. It was a nice place and it would make a good investment. And we could stay there during the summers and whatever until he got it fixed up and could sell it. Then the deal was done and we went out to look at it. And it was about four or five miles outside of town going to the west and you took a left at this old place called the hitching post that my parents had always told me was the joint where all the kids hung out and danced and whatever back in the late 40s and early 50s and he went over a bridge and the bridge went over the Colorado River the road was winding back up on this hill there's a mountain and there is this big old log house well, I knew that it was Val's old house just from all the conversation I heard my mom and dad talking about. So we went in and we looked and my mother was very hesitant thinking it was going to take a lot of work and it was out of town. My mom did not like to live anywhere but in town but my dad was excited. He always wanted to live outside of town a bit and so they started to fix it up. Summer vacation came and we packed up and we moved out there. Now the name of the place was Eagle Eye and you could sit on the covered porch 
and face the north and the mountain was right to your back right to the south of the house it was sitting on the mountain and so eagle eye hardly ever got any sun it was just always in the shade but as you sat on the porch and looked to the north you could see the colorado river and there's a big rock hill right on the other side of the highway first it was the river and to the north of the river was the highway and then this hill and big rock formations up high on the hill and there's a big hole in the rocks and that was the eagle eye what the ranch was named after the ranch itself was not a working ranch it had 40 acres but it was all on that mountain behind us I believe in the old days it probably owned all those meadows sitting in between the house and the river nice hay meadows really pretty but not anymore the history to my best recollection of the place was back in the very late 1800s or early 1900s a captain of some kind of sailing vessel or huge boat I don't know if he's in the military or as a captain in the military or what but his wife was of poor health and the doctors recommended that she go to higher country where the air was drier and so he built her this big beautiful home they brought all the rock they could out of the river there and made the foundation cut local pine around and made the logs and it was a huge structure three stories tall inside you'd walk in and there open up into this big living area with a fireplace open to two bedrooms and then there was an entryway into the kitchen dining room and utility room and recreation area but when you stood in the living room and you looked up there was an indoor balcony all the way around between the first and second floors. Years before, that balcony was on the third floor also. And I believe it was Val's dad that closed that off and put a floor there and access to it and put a couple more bedrooms and a big recreation area up there because it was so hard to heat. You have to remember the house was shaded by the mountain to the south. And so in the winter, when the sun was down, there was no trace of sunshine whatsoever. Big open house. And in the old days, a fireplace in every room did not mean that the house would stay warm. And so by him closing off that top floor and utilizing it from steps instead of an open space like that, it probably saved him thousands of dollars in heating bills. But it was a beautiful, majestic, stunning home very old sitting there overlooking the whole valley you could actually see it from the highway and next door to it right next door was a log cabin kind of like for a guest house mother-in-law house helps quarters something like that and it was nice uh, by the time we acquired the house the cabin had burnt down once and so they rebuilt the cabin and so it was a new cabin, brand new. Life at Eagle's Eye was fun. We'd go out there, like I said, in the summertime. And it was a great place for kids. Except for my dad was always working on it, always doing something, fixing something. What I remember having to do the most, and I've spoken of this before, is he built fences where fences needed to be built. And my dad and his fence building 
was he just didn't pound a bunch of T-posts in the ground and stretch barbed wire. He always dug the post holes and put the posts in and then made a fence with one bice. And he loved those fences. Always painted them white wherever he made his fence. They were always painted white. And so my brother Don and my brother John and I were the main fence builders. Dad was the ramrod and we were the laborer. And I think we were pretty good laborers because we're all pretty big and pretty strong. We had two goats and they were not like these nice nanny goats people have and they raise goats and goats will eat all your weeds and people love their goats. These two guys were billy goats and they were the nastiest, meanest little creatures ever put on earth. You couldn't be sitting out on the porch without the billy goat coming and peeing on you. Or jumping on your car. Jump on your car. Chipped all the paint and all that stuff. Mean little suckers. Mean little suckers. One of the most memorable events that happened while I lived there is one time, it was in the, I believe either in the fall or in the spring. It was after some school dance and Bonnie had a party at her house. Bonnie's the second cousin of mine, and at the party, her mother told a story, it was a ghost story, about that house. Everybody got excited, and everyone wanted to go out there, and people were going to go out there and check out what was so spooky about the house. And I thought, oh no, I've got to go to protect that house, or I'll be in trouble. So I went out there too, and the gate was locked, because we weren't living there at the time. So everybody right there at the railroad tracks, they parked their cars and they climbed the gate and started walking up. I was walking up with them. I remember talking to the girl I was with saying, man, I don't have a key to this place. I don't know how we're going to get in, which I did have a key and I knew how we could get in. The house was about three quarters of a mile from the gate. And about halfway up to the house, all of a sudden, every light in the place came on just for a second. And then they went off. And people got excited and freaked out. And some of them turned around and went back to their cars. Freaking out. People just knowing that they're going to catch a ghost. What that was, it had to be some kind of a reflection from car lights or something. We lived there for three or four years that I remember. Used to tell ghost stories but never ever had any situations whatsoever. My dad would get so angry saying, don't talk about ghosts, you'll spoil the sale. Because that was the whole reason he owned that was to resell it. I spent many, many days there. And some evenings by myself, never ever had anything weird happen to me that my brain didn't trick me into. So that was just one of the charms of the place old old place sitting there by itself in the shade christmas time was special there we put a tree up that was around 20 feet tall it may have been a few feet shorter than that or a few feet taller i know the only way we could decorate it on the top half was to go to the second floor and hang over and put a bulb on or some garland or something hang off of there because we didn't have a ladder tall enough beautiful tree and a beautiful home with the fireplace always going. My dad sold the place when I was probably 18, 19, 20 years old. 
I know my mother was relieved she didn't have to go out there anymore. She liked sitting at home in town, having her best friend Carolyn come over and they drink coffee. Next day she'd go over to Carolyn's, they sit and drink coffee. And that had to put a kink in her socializing. My wife and I went out there maybe 10, 15 years ago. It is a place like an Airbnb, something like that now. It can accommodate 25 people or more. The top floor they made into a regular bunkhouse type things with a bunch of bunk beds. But every room, there's, I believe, or six or seven bedrooms in the house besides that area on the third floor. We were going to go there with my brothers and my sister and all of our families for my dad's 100th birthday. For some reason, somehow that came and went and we never accomplished that. I would like to go out there and stay. Maybe we'll do that for Dad's 110th birthday. It was one of those things that even though my dad always played it on the down low, didn't want to flaunt what he had. It was a beautiful home and he made a profit on it. I always thought he sold it for too cheap. But you know what? He sold it, I believe, during a economic time that wasn't the very best and he did okay on it because he bought it right it doesn't matter how much money you have if you spend more than you make you are broke in life you cannot spend more than you make it doesn't matter if it's on your health or if it's on your well-being or if it's your monetary you must remember that very law of life so with your friends and your family, give more than you take from it. You'll be glad you did, and it will pay premiums to all that are involved. I wish the world knew that very principle, but there's one thing for certain. There are a lot, a lot of people out there doing that very same thing. We only see the bad, it seems, but the good is better, and it's everywhere you go. One quick little story before I leave. Dan and myself, Dan stayed with us a couple summers out at the ranch house. We made friends with those goats finally. After several years, we sat down with them with several cans of Coors beer. And all four of us, Dan, me, and the goats, got a little tipsy. The goats were hilarious, and they were always nicer to me afterwards. I don't think I was mean to them. I think they thought I was their friend then. Always be kind. It's the very best way to be. I'll be back next Wednesday.